Let's do it. has been a long time so welcome back to short bus cinema where uh we're just trying to find the worst movies ever made and uh we've taken a little hiatus there's a lot of stuff been going on but if you're not familiar with the show welcome aboard it's a whole lot of fun i'm gonna have to blame my co-host on this one because he might have done it it's a shame that we've taken such a hiatus and we might have found the worst movie ever. So, first off, if you don't know who I am, I'm Rick Morgan, one of your hosts. But this show doesn't mean a thing. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing, which is my co-host, Johnny Krug. What's up, my brother? What is up, man? Glad to be back, dude. This is awesome. Uh, and I, I think <laughs> so far on our uh, our journey through terrible films, I think uh, this may be the one. It's it's mind-numbingly possible <laughs> that this could be the worst thing we've seen on here. And it's funny because because in conversations yeah, on, on Facebook and stuff, people always still talk about uh, our John, John Travolta movie. <laughs> oh, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> they talk about Battlefield Earth more than any of them. And, you know, they said you could just hear the dread in our voice. Well, wait a minute, folks. <laughs> this one just might top it. <laughs> Uh, see, the, the the thing is, Battlefield Earth had unintentional humor. This movie goes for humor, and I don't think ever once hits it. Oh, uh, it's it's just uh, it's painful. So uh, I don't want to ruin it just yet. <laughs> it's been a while. This this is actually episode twenty five. So you know we've we've kind of okay. weaved in and out doing these things, and hopefully this is kind of a startup of of getting back into this because I'll be honest with you. This is a fun show, and uh, I just have a blast oh, yeah. with it. So hopefully we can we can get this thing going again. We've picked a way to start it off. Problem is, is <laughs> I don't know if we're going to top it. But we've missed all the things. We've kind of missed this. Montarino, you're going to die! <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> so uh, That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I got a new favorite, and I brought it on here. I used it on the last Hail Ming, but I just can't get enough of it. And I don't know if you've heard this or not, but uh, with the hype of The Dirt that's out, which is the Motley Crue picture slash book that's out. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a video of Vince Neil going around that is possibly <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. The Bob Dylan thing? Oh, gosh. If you haven't, folks. Oh, that's incredible. Here it is for you right here. It's like he's been possessed by Bob Dylan. It's hilarious. Ready, 
it just <laughs> sounds like he's reading from the Necronomicon. <laughs> Cracks me up, man. <laughs> like are those are those real words? <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is somebody's going back and taking that video. And now they've actually like put the words with it. Which it's, oh, this great subtitles. Like, what you think that he's saying? It's hilarious, man. So uh, we had to get a laugh here because is that really him? That's really him. Yeah, because I didn't know if someone like overdubbed the vocals or if that's how bad he sounded. No, that, night. that that's real. That is real. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's bad. <laughs> of course, you know he's really bloated. He's obviously a little wasted, and. Uh, there's there's no words. It's just there's no words, man. I think there's someone needs to kickstart his heart. Sounds like. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this, man. Uh, what we're going to be talking about is the 1989 movie Monster High, and and before we break off into this thing, we're going to take a little short break, and we'll be back to talk about this monstrosity of a movie. So, <laughs> so hold on, folks. We'll be right back. All I know is today's October the 31st. 31 backwards is 13. It's Friday, it's Halloween. It's the 13th anniversary of the lawnmower killings. It's a crazy loose. It's prom night. Hi, this is Tracy Savage, Debbie from Friday the 13th, Part 3. For the best podcast ever on old slasher movies, be sure you find Hysteria Continues. You will be glad you did. And hey, stay out of Crystal Lake, okay? Every episode, we celebrate a classic slasher movie, such as Friday the 13th, Halloween, My Bloody Valentine, Happy Birthday to Me, and uh, Crazy Fat Ethel 2. The Hysteria continues, bringing Slash with Panache since 2011. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all good podcatchers. Now for our feature presentation. And we're back with Monster High from 1989. The IMDb score for this is a, I think, a very impressive 3.3. I don't know how it got that high. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Honestly, I was I, I like to go through IMDb reviews and read the actual things people have written instead of just, you know, the stars they gave it. And it's like a lot of these people are saying this may be the best bad movie they've ever seen. And I'm thinking you haven't seen a lot of bad movies then because this had no redeeming merit. (laughs) I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, (laughs) this, this movie, the cast, you can use that term very loosely as Dean Iandoli, who plays the main character of Norm, Diane Frank, David Marriott, who he plays the lead villain in this in a, he seems like the only person who's gone on to do a lot of things. Um, but as far as the director goes, he's done, he did a sex censorship in the silver screen documentary. He's apparently done a lot of stuff for playboy. And that seems like a pretty normal transition from the content of this movie. Yeah. It it explains Uh, a few things for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the writing credits on this is uh, John Platt and uh, Roy Langston. Uh, Roy Langston didn't really 
work a whole lot after this. He did maybe a couple of writing gigs for smaller. Actually, one movie was probably a little bit bigger. It did for Warner Brothers, but I'd never heard of it. And John Platt went basically straight into producing reality shows. That's it. I mean, the only actor in this movie that I know is Phil Fondacaro, Full Moon movies and like Tales from the Crypt, uh, Bordello of Blood. And unfortunately, in this movie, he he his character that is basically just covered in uh, some kind of prosthetic, and he runs around a few minutes, and that's that's the extent of it. So the best actor in this movie is just basically given the shaft. I'm I'm glad you're describing all this. So Johnny actually mailed this DVD to me, and I knew we were in trouble. This is hard to find, or it used to be. Yeah, even looking it up. Like you find in the IMDb, because all I get is the the kid movies, you know, the the Monster High cartoons or whatever. And uh, I knew we were in trouble when on the cover it says, From the co-producer who brought you Return of the Swamp Thing. (laughs) (laughs) The The, co-producer, The co-producer, like, that doesn't really mean anything. It says um, 84 minutes, but honestly, if you get past the theme song in the credits at the beginning and then the credits at the end, the movie's probably about 70, 75 minutes max. It is a long, long 70 minutes, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's just over an hour, and the movie feels like you're watching, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy. (laughs) But not not in quality, just in, 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 like, time consumption. <laughs> the, the the basic plot synopsis for this, is, and and again, uh, it's much more explained on IMDb than you could probably tell somebody if you're wanting to talk about it. It says two aliens steal a doomsday device from another world and abscond to Earth. The device is Mr. Armageddon, a living embodiment of destruction who intends to destroy the planet. And it says a ragtag group of high school students stand in his way, but we'll get into that. Yeah, uh, unbelievable, folks. Uh, man, uh, I'm, I'm speechless already. <laughs> I, I agree with you as far as the runtime, because I feel like I could have watched <laughs> I could have watched all three the the trilogy of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trilogy <laughs> and it not seem as long as sitting through this one movie man <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, there there were I, I mean I'm not gonna lie there were probably five times where I I pulled up the counter to see how much was left <laughs> I mean five might even be an understatement I actually had to walk uh, away from but, it a few times. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's that, that's very telling because I don't think that's I I, don't, I haven't had that experience with any of these movies. So here's my question: you you mailed <clears> me the DVD. How did you? Get, <laughs> is this something you actually bought, or did somebody give it to you? Or <laughs> okay, so I, I found the DVD probably I don't know maybe 15 years ago. Wow, if it, maybe not even that long, but probably 10 to 15 years ago at Big Lots for like two dollars. Ah, and. It's called Monster High. You know, I, I was just reading some of the stuff on it, and I saw that it was R-rated. So I was like, oh, okay, so this is something I hadn't heard of. Maybe it's something I would like. And I watched it immediately when I bought it. And it wasn't until watching it this time that I remembered why I hadn't gone back to it in so long. Wow. But the copy I sent you, actually, a friend sent to me and for the show, and I and I already had it, so I was like, okay, I'm going to pay this forward. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Wow. I think most of the cast is probably working at um, – I don't know. I don't want to be rude, but they're, de- they're definitely not acting. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're the ones that are spreading this to big lots. 
Well, when the movie starts, though, man, I mean, this movie, the first thing you see is a Sony emblem. It, it's it's weird. I mean, because it feels like even when just looking at the, the DVD stuff, you're like, okay, this is, I mean, it's yeah, it's got the Sony logo on the back. Everything looks pretty legit, but wow, it just shows you no matter how much you package a turd, it's still a turd. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so the movie opens up with these warnings on the screen and all that stuff, right? It's just like... Okay. Oh, yeah, they want, they want to warn you about the, the explicit content in this movie. Yeah. And you get this like real bad Rod Serling kind of opening <laughs> with just the talking. <laughs> then we get to meet a character called... Monster in charge. What's that all about? <laughs> well, he had a he had a big. Uh, I don't know. He had a big prefix before his name, and it was just it was like they just were throwing in everything. Like it, like it had you know, names of demons and stuff in there, and I don't remember. It was just really bad. N- not once in the movie is really ever explained. Yeah, it pans back to him several times, and he has these really terrible one-liners and bad like. Uh, sex comedy gags, but oh man, it's every time it pans to him, he may be the worst part of this movie. Oh, he's he's wearing a top hat. You never see his face, but but he's talking like a wise guy. Hey, you know this kind of thing. Uh, he's wearing gloves, but he's wearing rings on top of the gloves. And I thought it was Flavor Flav for a long time. <laughs> that just seems like a Johnny Depp thing. <laughs> I just suspected he may just go Flavor Flav. <laughs> You know, this is supposed to be pretty futuristic, and I know this is made in 89, probably a year or two before that, actually. But um, they get on the spaceship, and one of the characters is immediately typing on this, like, <laughs> red flat screen keyboard thing. But mm-hmm. the monitor is like a Commodore 64 <laughs> monitor. Yeah. And uh, also, like, right after this, it shows that they're they're still using VCRs and mini discs in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the same thing. So, I thought the, I mean, key- the keyboard thing seemed like a pretty cool idea until you saw the monitor he was looking at it, and it was still like the orange square font, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then you get, a, the I guess it's the secretary who's just running around topless the whole time. Again, no explanation. And, you know, you don't need an explanation for boobs. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this movie did everything and uh, didn't bother with any kind of explanation. There's really none to this movie at all. But what they try to do is tie it all together because we got another movie with narration. A different narration, though. Wow. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, but we get uh, it, it, he's looking at his computer, the, the monster in charge is looking at his computer, and he sees on the list the destruction of Earth has been postponed. So that's kind of where we're at with this story. And he's trying to figure out why it's been postponed. So obviously this is something beyond, you know, it's in the galaxy running everything. So how does he find out why it's been postponed? He pulls out a VHS tape, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think that's what it was. And he starts watching this tape. And uh, it starts off with a couple of aliens named Doom and Gloom. Uh Stealing stealing a crate. But they're spelled with U's. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. But they're ste- they're stealing this crate that looks like just a wily coyote acme <laughs> crate. <laughs> they're stealing. Oh, the effects are so bad, man. And the, the the aliens look like basically remember the crash crash test dummy commercials <laughs> back in the day? They are. They're 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 like the crash test dummies meet alienation. Yeah. Ex- yeah, perfect. Perfect. They're terrible. I mean, it's your typical <laughs> synthesized voice that's just terrible. 
<laughs> oh man, the voices in this movie, the modulation. Oh man, uh, we'll get there. But uh, the doomsday device they're stealing is uh, it's <laughs> they get it to Earth and uh, it's a it's a basketball. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I love it when they're carrying the crate to to bring it to Earth or whatever. <laughs> the the hallways and stuff they're in, you could tell this is just like wax paper <laughs> that they hung up. Because when they walk oh, into yeah. the wall, shake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they come to Earth, and remember when I said Wiley Coyote a while ago? Yeah, man, because one of them oh, even yeah. splats on the ground and makes an imprint in the ground. It's terrible, man. But they open the crate, yeah, and a basketball comes floating out on a string. I mean, you can obviously see the string that it's on. And I think at some point they lick the basketball. I know they smell it, but I think one of the guys licks it. Yeah, I think that's right. (laughs) So, I don't know. But inside the basketball is where Mr. Armageddon lives. Mr. Armageddon. He's the villain of this movie, so get used to him. Yeah. And uh, so he comes about out of the basketball and the first thing he really does he kind of makes the doom and gloom fall asleep i guess and he goes over yeah, to that was weird turns him into like statues or yeah. something well he goes over to that statue that's there that's like a gargoyle with a horn on its head and well i'll just i'll tell you what i'll let the narration explain it to you mr armageddon began doomsday by transforming a simple cement sculpture into a horny rubber monster. It was this sort of cheap stunt that got him banished in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, Man. I mean, it sounds like his doomsday plan's right on track. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, turn a statue into a, easy. a horny rubby rubber monster. <laughs> That's what it is. He's just pulling pranks at this point. It's like YouTube pranks. And again, they're trying their best to make this funny, and it's just not funny. <laughs> no, no. Oh, and you would think, well, okay, I mean, maybe they had to cut corners with this movie, right? Maybe they had to cut back on some of the effects, uh, because maybe they were going to really spend it on a high-class soundtrack. Well, <laughs> guess what? Nope. <laughs> it kind of sounded like this. Dying like flies, they're dropping. Intestines slopping, heads are lopping, but the music's playing, so we're bopping. You'll lose your head in the wake of an eye at Monster High. Yeah. <laughs> that was the worst attempt at recreating something in the vein of Monster Match I've ever heard. <laughs> he, he even tried to have that, was it? Uh, Boris Becker. Is that the guy who was saying that? Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. Bobby Boris Becker, yeah. Um, The rest of the music in the the movie is just uh, somebody out of Casio. Man, it's just... uh, Again, I'm already at this point of the movie. We're just getting to the opening credits, and I'm just going, Johnny, what have you done? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Is it next when we meet Norm, the 40-year-old uh, <laughs> high school virgin? I don't know. Right. Yeah, we meet Norm uh, riding a bicycle on campus. They introduce him and they introduce uh, 
the girl that he's after. Candace. Kate. Candace. It is Candace Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Candy Kane. And there you go. See? She's supposed to be like the... Uh, they, see what they did? This movie came out in the end of the 80s, and I feel like they took all these cliches and tropes and successful things from earlier 80s comedies, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the hot foreign exchange student and... Uh, and, and as the movie goes on, you see a lot more of this, but it's, they just, I don't know, they cherry-picked a lot of great things and and didn't put any kind of real effort into their own. Man. Yeah, it's, it's exactly, you know, Better Off Dead or, you know, all these all these movies where you're bringing in the hot exchange student. I mean, there's like you said, there's a ton of them. And they keep acting like she's one that uh, is kind of loose, but... She's really not compared to compared to other ones in other movies. Yeah, Norm is uh he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and they established this. I mean, he one of the first things in the movie is uh of course all the uh, the jock uh football players and stuff or basketball players, basketball they get players. out of this limo. <laughs> yeah. Um they they pull up to school in a limo as, you know, basketball players often so do on do. a normal school day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh they they drop the basketball or something, so Norman's out to prove himself. So he he goes to shoot this basketball into this trash can and just bungles the whole thing. Right, and he actually like throws it through a window or something, but you never really see it. That's the thing. You just see like a piece of glass fall on the ground, and you're like, okay, what did he hit? I mean, was it Wonder Woman's airplane? I mean, what was it? Yeah, it's really bad. But they they go out of their way to every char- every character they introduce in this movie they they're like I don't know like caricatures of real people uh, they go out of their way to just amp them up and overdo everything and all their um, you know just like he's obviously this this big loser and and they don't let up on that through the entire movie no it does a kind of an overview of through the school and you kind of get the the basketball coach that's you know kind of a you know older guy that's kind of like checking out all the, the hotties that are walking up down the, the class hallways. And then you got, uh, I'm assuming it's history class, and one of his buddies is up here doing a report on Egypt. And they try to cram so many jokes in here. It's it's just not funny, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? There's a lot of talk about lobotomies and things like that. But lobotomies. Just... And then he makes a joke about, uh, like, erecting the, the pyramids or whatever. And, of course, Norm's over here looking at the exchange student Candace, and he's getting all bothered. And it's almost like it's supposed to tie in that the erection joke is causing him to have an erection while looking at her. And he's trying to hide it with his books. And it's just... I just I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just not funny at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just terrible. And uh, I don't know if this is the same class. I don't think it is. I think it's another class because they jump around a lot. But yeah. there's a class almost immediately after this where you there's another character named Mel who he, he keeps having these bad dreams or good dreams. I don't yeah, know. Sure. Yeah, it can go either uh, way. It's like he thinks he's awake, but then he's still in a dream, and it's. I don't know what I don't even know the point of this because the payoff toward the end of the movie is just like okay well that was pointless it's, it was stupid <laughs> I mean it, it, they build it up because you think you know how it's going to pan out and they even fumble it man it's just like oh come on but yeah he's having the dream in the classroom his teacher walks up to him and she's like <laughs> hitting on him and stuff and then next thing you know she's in like this dominatrix kind of outfit or whatever and uh, then he wakes up supposedly. 
And but then he wakes up and he's in his bed at home and he goes to turn the alarm clock off and it's her head that's on the table. Yeah. And then Who's he wake, like bite his finger. Yeah, and then he wakes up again and he's in the classroom. And the teacher is wanting to know if he's okay. So he does like four or five of these wake up things right in a row, and it's just like it's yeah, it's just terrible. And while this is going on, you got Mister Armageddon starting to kill girls for some reason. Yeah, it's never explained. Yeah. And uh, so he kills, because the, <laughs> the first person he kills is Annabelle Lee. So there you go. I mean, we're even using these names of, you know, <sighs> things that are supposed to be funny, but they're not. And he's got this long fingernail, like he's a coke addict or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. He makes the worst the worst check marks over faces with right. this thing. I mean, is he a Sammy Kerr fan? I, I'm trying to figure out this fingernail, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it took me a few minutes to put together that, that was him. That was the same hand, but then later it showed him with that, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, he does have that really terrible <laughs> prosthetic fingernail." Man, and then we get introduced to another character, and, and this is the problem: they try to tie it up because there's there's the nerds in the computer room. There's it's just everywhere. You can't. There's no story to follow. There's just too None. much going on. <laughs> and they introduce this guy called Todd Uppington. And, and again, I'll just let the narrator tell us about Todd. Mr. Armageddon was not the only Casanova on campus. This is Todd Uppington Smythe III, known affectionately to his friends as Dickhead. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of humor you're getting here. It's just like, it's not funny. But, uh,. Todd is at his at his locker. He opens it up. He's got a mirror in there. He's Mr. Swab. And he's got a box of condoms that are open at the bottom so he can just pull one out whenever he needs one. And then Mr. Armageddon sneaks up behind him and has a aerosol can that's called Can O Condom. <laughs> and just sprays it on dude's head and it turns into a big condom on his head, like choking him to death. Then he becomes a zombie when he yeah. has to pull it off. Yeah, and so instead of it killing him, it turns him into a zombie. And again, like, nobody asks for that. <laughs> this movie definitely has an oversaturation of pretty much every kind of... Not every, but a lot of horror cliches and gimmicks and stuff. And, and the first one they do there is they throw in a zombie, which... <laughs> in the 80s, you know, you had a lot of good movies. You had Night of the Creeps and you had things like that, but this is... Yeah, this is just bad. Yeah, I, you know, you're 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 wanting to laugh at these things, but they're just not funny at all. You know, and you even I think I, I felt I felt like an, an edgy elementary school kid wrote this. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's probably a bunch of guys sitting around smoking a little pot and saying, "You know, it'd be funny." <laughs> you know, what if you sprayed a thing called can of condom on a dude's head? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I guess in that theory, it probably sounds funny, but when you try to write it out and make it happen, it's just like this is terrible. Thanks, the co-producer of Return to Swamp Thing. <laughs> You know, this is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, I bet you he, he was probably not excited to have his his uh, credit put on the front of that case. I don't know where we are, but I, I don't remember. It's about this point in the movie where, for some reason, enters a, uh, a, uh, a mummy. Yeah, yeah, he brings a mummy alive. The mummy that uh, they were showing in this uh, history project earlier is a real mummy. I mean, yeah, why else would you have a real mummy at the school to show, like, show and tell? 
So I mean, exactly. This, <clears throat> that's just how ridiculous. And this, this is this is a kids project though. This wasn't that that dorky kids project. He was talking about lobotomies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this wasn't even like a school mummy. This is like a mummy he brought from home. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, oh gosh, uh, this is this cuts into the the classroom setting, the science class where they're hooking Norm up to all the electrodes. And try to just get readings off of him, and he's like, everything's normal. Then he starts visualizing Candace naked, and of course, you know, it shows her like uh, in her regular clothes, and he's daydreaming, and she turns into less clothes, and you're like, okay. And then then they kind of show her without a shirt, which I don't really think it's her, but it's not impressive. Oh, no, it's, it's not, not. impressive. <laughs> I mean, that could have been a dude, you know? Yeah, it's it, it was, it did, at first it almost looked like a prosthetic or like a like a dummy or something but yeah. the second shot of it looked like a like a completely different shot completely exactly well i said completely like five times there that's fine <laughs> this movie has me flustered not in a good way at this point this is <laughs> again th- this may be the line for the movie we'll probably keep this line in our archives and use it from time to time because we jump straight out of the electrodes to the scientists talking about growing some peas and uh, he's got two batches here, and he's got one that's like normal raised <laughs> patch of peas, I guess. And then this other one's got like this big, huge stalk that he's done some kind of, I don't know, genetic process to. And he wakes up this one student whose name is O.D. Hint, hint. <laughs> and O.D. wakes up, and he sees the stalk with all the peas on it, and he says, Whoa, what'd you do to those peas? Jeez. <laughs> there you go, folks. That's the best line in the movie. That's how sad this thing is. <laughs> oh yeah. And here's the problem. It, we're kind of we're kind of bashing the actors a little bit. The acting isn't really atrocious. It's just they're not given anything to work with. <laughs> There's no substance to these characters at all. I think they can act okay. I've definitely seen worse acting like in uh, Slaughter High or whatever in other movies we've covered. But this one just is so wait, flat. Sla- wait, Slaughter High or Splatter University? Splatter University, I'm sorry. Splatter University. Okay, I'll say Slaughter High is good. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done that one yet. Uh, um, that's why but, I don't but, belong here. <laughs> well, that, the thing is, though, uh, the movie just feels like a nonstop series of small vignettes and gags that yep. they just want to stream together but have no, <laughs> no kind of content. Yeah, nothing's holding it or anything. Yeah, I totally agree. It would be better if at least they at least were successful with jokes and, and gags, but ultimately, I mean, they have all these things they think are good ideas that are going to carry the movie, so they don't focus on the story, and that backfires on them when the, those aren't that good. Well, I, I think of anything, if this movie's depending on anything, and <laughs> is bad gags and boobs. Because oh, yeah. the, the very next scene is where it cuts where you know, Mr. Armageddon is killing uh, Betty Bruce, and, you know, she's She's blessed. <laughs> I wrote Betty Bruce, big knockers. Then I wrote makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Again, again, this is the second girl he kills, and it, it does it makes no sense. But he's still checking that that uh, yearbook off. <laughs> why, why is he killing them? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. It, he never says. He just he just says that that's part of the plan. But what's the, if if your plan is. Doomsday and like Armageddon. Why are you knocking off cheerleaders? Yeah, I mean you destroy <laughs> the planet, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then we get to what every high school movie has to have, and that is a lunch montage. Good lord, 
it's just terrible. I mean, you're seeing nerds trying to eat and play games on their computers, and it's just terrible. And then one thing we how do, do you know they're nerds? I mean, was it was it heavy handed or something? <laughs> <laughs> just a little. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, man. <laughs> Maybe the tape around the glasses. I don't know. <laughs> All the pocket protectors. Uh, you know the yeah. the snorting, <laughs> straight up, yeah, straight up Revenge of the Nerds. You know, and they're all chubby too. I mean, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those three. Of guys. course, uh, yeah, of course, all three of those nerds have to be, you know, uh, many manatees. <laughs> but one thing we do get to see here is when uh, it shows Mister Armageddon knocking off another another girl, and in in the the yearbook that he's going by to kill these people, you see Candace's pictures up there too. So he's coming after Candace. So here you go. I'm guessing this is supposed to tie things together to where you go, "Uh uh-oh, one of our main characters is on the hit list. Well, guess what, idiots? (laughs) It's Armageddon. (laughs) Everybody's on the hit list. (laughs) And this is where Candace walks up to the mirror, and Mr. Armageddon's on the other side of the mirror like it's a two-way mirror or whatever. And uh, again, we get another boob shot. And, And I said, well, wait a minute. These boobs she's showing here don't match the same boobs that she showed earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah, not at all. No. This girl had a lot of pride and dignity, and, it, you know, it, unfortunately, that didn't work out for her later in her career. <laughs> because she did Monster High. <laughs> oh, man. She wasn't a bad actress. I mean, no. like you said earlier, like, she, like yeah, she could have gone on and done something. I think just script-wise and everything, you're just having to work with what you're handed, and it's it's not much. It's a handful of crap. <laughs> <laughs> But Candace takes off running, and this is this. It just cuts to outside, and she's running, and she feels like somebody's chasing her. And then it's a little kid that jumps up with a little water gun. Why? I mean, if we're on, uh, I guess it's Monster High, but why is the elementary kid running around in the high school shooting people with water guns? I don't know. Earlier in the movie, when they like, whenever um, Worm is actually riding to school on his bike. If you look in the where the bike corral is, the lockup, there are a bunch of like little like yeah. tris not tricycles, but like little kid training bikes. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe it's like an all grades kind of thing, but I don't know. It is just out of place. <laughs> well, and then our our can of condom dude, who's now a zombie, comes up and bites this eighties chick that's over by a tree eating an apple. Just bites her on the top of the head. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, basically. Uh, and then we see the kid with the water gun jump up, and he sees the aliens, doom and gloom, and he acts like he's shooting at them, and they just pull out a, a space gun and shoot and kill the kid. <laughs> and he just gets some smoking shoes, you know? We forgot to mention that when O.D. freaks out about the peas, he drops some seeds himself in this potting soil that's, you know, causing these peas to grow like they do. So, yeah, we end up getting some, hint, hint, killer weed. <laughs> God, <laughs> don't worry. The they're not going to leave you hanging in the third act about what that's about. <laughs> right. <laughs> this yeah. movie makes sure to cover all its bases, except for most of them. They don't cover at all. But the uh, this is right after this that um, I don't. I remember that the guy who did the report on the lobotomy had his Chuck Taylors set on fire, <laughs> and they they put they put it out with a fire extinguisher. And in the next scene, he's in some class that just happens to have a microwave in the class, <laughs> and he's he's heating up his shoes, yeah. and he goes to put them on. And as soon as he's going to put them on, you can tell something's wrong. But Norm and the, um, Candace, yeah, I keep wanting to call her Kate, but uh, 
um, they walk into this room and they ask him a question like, have you seen Mr. So-and-so? And he's like, oh, oh no, no. And then she like, explodes from the ground up with just like a geyser of blood. Yeah. Think it, Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny exactly. Depp, except for not good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Think think a little more chunky. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, and you run with this guy for a long time. But yeah, the he heating heating up his shoes because they put it out with a not a regular kind of fire extinguisher, but old school one which is more just water filled. So his shoes are soaked and he's drying them out in the microwave. But he put some new like odor eaters or something in his shoes and it says warning do not use in the microwave on the packaging that you just happen to have laying around yeah. during this scene, which why would they be there if they're already in your shoes, right? Um, and then Armageddon walks up and, like, turns the, the microwave up real, real high, and that's what causes it. And when it, it, when, when it eats the dude, then an alien pops up out of one of the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and this alien is now wearing the chucks, and it's running around chasing everybody. And it kind of looks like, it's almost like it would be a character in the old McDonald's commercials, like with the fry guys and stuff like that. It kind of looks like something like that. Chasing oh, yeah, people totally. around is just and that that's Phil Fondacaro. That's his uh, big acting, <laughs> his big acting job in this movie. Man, terrible. Like I said, I mean they they just covered him in that weird prosthetic and had him run around in those in those converses. <laughs> oh man, because he chases him into like a bathroom stall, and that just yeah. pretty much goes nowhere. It doesn't go anywhere. Well, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> it, it, it's just. I've never seen so many. Okay, now we're going here, and just nothing happens. You get the uh, the computer that kills the nerd. We kind of get that scene, which is very poorly done. It's almost kinda... oh my god, <laughs> they're playing computer chess. Oh man, and and uh... when the computer <laughs> the computer when it decides to kill him, it just it's basically a dude with just a monitor on his head. <laughs> And, and you have to imagine that this dude's just crouched there in front of them this whole time, waiting to spring up with this monitor head. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, it is, Oh, man. it's bad. Man. Um, and, well, right before that's when the giant pot plant actually makes its first appearance, too. Yeah, yeah, it's starting to attack the teachers, right? And uh, Yeah. And then we get the scene where the class is like on a... Uh, like a tour for some reason and every time that the the small group that breaks away all of our people that are the main characters they've got a couple of stragglers with them but you know they're expendable that's just the way this thing works but every time they go past this one door one of them gets grabbed and taken away it's almost like something out of an old three stooges movie or something you know it's like oh Oh, man so and so probably give to be watching three stooges they they try to pull a a scream on us here too because candace says hey we need to split up you know, that way we can go find them. And then one of them says, are you kidding? Don't you know in horror movies that you don't split up? You know, that kind of thing. So they're almost doing... This movie was Scream before Scream. How about that? Yeah, kind of meta, yeah. <laughs> Which is it's funny. They were kind of ahead of the curve on that. Let's not yeah, I didn't them, think about that, actually, when watching it until you just said it. Don't give them too much credit. <laughs> Oh. Fun fact: This is Kevin Williamson's first movie. Wow, he scripted. <laughs> no, that would be terrible. <laughs> he would have never gotten the uh, Scream no. gig or the Dawson's Creek or any of that stuff. <laughs> oh man! 
So, you know, we kind of lost sight of our aliens for a little while, so we got to bring them back in the fold. And you know, whenever you've got a TV series and it's hot and heavy, and then it gets to a point to where it starts falling off, people stop watching, you know what you always do? You either have a new character introduced, or somebody gets married, or you have a baby involved, right? Somebody has a kid. Well, in this one, because we've gotten so bored, they just, uh, out of the blue, decide to call a female alien to come hang out with them. Pointless. Totally pointless. She shows up. Well, <laughs> oh, go ahead. The whole scene, the whole scene, they, they actually bring her in because these two, uh, Gloom and Doom, can't figure out how to open a door. Right. Yeah. That, that's it's great. <laughs> The humor, the humor is so bad in the scene because, and what we're working here, what we're working with is is some like, uh, like when a child's first learning what comedy is and they'll laugh at anything. Yeah, that's kind of the humor direction with this because they bring this woman down, this other uh, the female alien, and instead of that, her like violently hitting the door like these guys, she starts like not hip thrusting it but like yeah doing I don't the, know like bumping it with her yeah, hips doing the bump with it yeah the old 70s dance the yeah. bump <laughs> and uh yeah <laughs> and basically one of them's at some point wises up and it's like oh have we tried pulling it open instead of pushing it and yeah. as soon as they get into the he makes the 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 girl and the other alien guy go inside and as soon as they do the alien dude is thrown through the door and the girl's brought out hanging upside down by her <laughs> legs and r- ripped in half by the, what is, what the, is the thing that rips it's her? It's the half? mummy. It's the mummy. Oh, okay. The mummy comes out holding her by her legs and she's screaming and he just like wishbones her. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It, but trust me, it's not really worth seeing. <laughs> no, no, no. The only good if any thing of this was done well. I mean, I would have, uh, yeah. The only good thing that comes out of all this is the very next scene where they talk about these guys were alien rappers. I mean, that's what the oh profession is. So here's a sample of that. Glooms and Neptunus keep in mind that they were not bred to be fighters. In fact, on their home planet, they were a third rate song and dance act. You got your penis and your butt and your ovary. You got your fimbri and your scrotum sack. But enough arts and entertainment. Let's catch up with Norm and his friends. No, let's not. <laughs> That's just no. Let's just not do that. That was that was horrible. Well, <laughs> man. Why? Oh, why? It was so bad. <laughs> and you know, you know, somebody was like, "Man, these two bumbling aliens." It would be hilarious if they were like really bad rappers. But I feel like they're not in on the joke. It's not just that they're they're like bad and they're acting bad. It's I don't know. It, it's it's just, almost like watching your grandpa rap. It's, it's just terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> so I, I I'm. No, it's not the last time we see him, but it should be. <laughs> but we end up going to uh, Norm and the group meet back up after they've split up and got no success. They meet back up and they go behind this weird door, and the mummy comes in there. And Candace pulls out a can of hairspray, I'm guessing that's what it is. She just pulls out a can that's of hairspray. Like. An aerosol can of some sort. Gets a lighter from OD because it's OD. You know he's going to have a lighter on him. And, uh, yeah, she burns the mummy up, and 
they end up using the the uh, fire extinguisher, and this is where dude's shoes get caught on caught on fire. We was talking about earlier, and that's why they used the fire extinguisher on it because the mummy was burning up. And uh, then the group splits up again. <laughs> we've got to get them together so they can fight the mummy because we've got to do the burning shoe skit. So how do we make that happen? Oh, but then we need them split up again. I mean, that's the logic of this movie. Is it's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, and I, I was gonna, I was gonna apologize about being off on continuity and what happens when, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, it don't. No, no. There's, there's really no point because, yeah, none of, like, I try to keep up with what happens before and after certain parts, but ultimately, like, they didn't think about it. Why should I? In, in this movie, it doesn't matter, man, because you could tell the whole thing out of order, and it's just as impressive, impressive as the actual movie is. Man, <laughs> you could probably talk about this movie and explain it to someone and make it better than actually watching it. Yeah, we're not doing it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, I, there is a scene that comes up, and I don't know. I thought this was—I I called it Bowser baseball because the uh, <laughs> yeah, I, these two yeah. this this couple comes running out of this this uh, school, and it's nighttime at this point. Again, doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Armageddon ends up setting these people on fire with you know, like fireballs from his mouth, like King Koopa from <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> so at this point, Norm shows up and decides, you know, for some reason, his logic is telling him that he can swat at these fireballs like a baseball, like with a, with a piece of wood. Actually, and he grabs a, a street sign, isn't it? <laughs> he grabs a sign that's over here because... Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, because Mr. Armageddon is like smooching on Candace. He's got her bent over and he's like groping her and he walks up and smacks him across the back with that sign and that's when all this baseball stuff starts. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's a silly scene and, and basically there's a little little bit of defeat here with Mr. Armageddon so he challenges him to... Uh, or What is it, like a basketball game? Yeah, it, I think Norm makes a proposition, and supposedly their basketball team is one of the best on the planet. So he goes and makes a proposition. The demons. With, with, yeah, the demons. And uh, goes and talks to the basketball coach and offers him the opportunity to save the world through basketball. So yeah, this all comes down to a basketball game between Mr. Armageddon, the stupid aliens, the zombie, the little Chuck shoe-wearing monster thing that's running around and that's the basketball team and the computer i forgot the computers out there uh, yeah they, i mean they spent money on making those costumes they're gonna get their they're gonna get their money out of them they didn't spend any money on those costumes <laughs> <laughs> let's just go no, ahead and set no, that straight not. uh so we forgot to mention there's one scene that maybe you have an answer for because i don't really know but it's when Mr. Armageddon gets Candace alone, and he unzips his pants. Then he dissolves. No. <laughs> yeah, he just like that disintegrates. He's like, uh, well, what does he say to her? He says something like, "I really do care for you," or something. And then <laughs> I couldn't understand him. I had, I'm like, what did he just say? And then he just disappears. And then all of a sudden, Norm <clears throat> comes blasting through the door because well, she opens it. The only thing I could get out of it is he starts kind of apologizing, so it's almost like something happened prematurely. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm just guessing, but that's kind of what I think we were supposed to get out of that. But it really right. 
does it really matter? <laughs> it really doesn't matter. And there's another thing, too. During the microwave shoes thing, out of nowhere, the guy that's 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 nuking his shoes says, Hey, the band's here. <laughs> so, so there's a band that's unloading their van outside, and that's it. I mean, <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything, but it's a big ordeal. Hey, the band's finally here. We've never heard of the band. We don't. We've never. Oh, they never mentioned it. Introduced to the band. We don't know that there's a band coming. I guess because it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be homecoming dance. So maybe it's the band that's supposed to be playing it. But none of that is ever explained. Just out of the blue. <laughs> hey, the band's here. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we got bigger fish to fry. Or bigger pot plants to kill. I don't know. Yeah, and they, they, they have some... I mean, the things they think are funny in this, like uh, the pot plant, OD thinks, oh, it's it's harmless, so he goes up to it and kind of turns his back to it, and it just... It doesn't absorb him. It just kind of... He, like... Just grabs him, you know? Yeah, just grabs him and just drags him slowly backwards, and Norm has the terrible line, he should have just said no. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's, that's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> Uh, then and then uh, Candace and Norm run off into the sex ed room, sex education room, and it's got a heart shaped bed and a disco light over it. It uh, is it is pretty much like the seediest hotel, like rent by the hour room. Man. And this is where you find out that oh, she's she's not really you know this girl that gets around. She's this innocent girl, and she doesn't want to die a virgin. And uh, ridiculous, he doesn't either, obviously, and. It's like the one time I felt this movie did use restraint was they they actually when things were starting to happen they like put up like a black uh, screen and said yeah. like con- content blocked or content edited or something yeah. and I'm like oh wow this the, the, they do actually have restraint in this movie because I feel at this but at this point I didn't think they did it's still pretty lame though <laughs> I mean and that's the thing is even putting that there was just trying to be funny and it's just not funny man yeah. it's not funny. No, no. Oh, I forgot. The basketball team also has the stone gargoyle in it, the the horny rubber monster thing that's also on the team. And I have wrote, wrote on my notes here, it says, computer don't miss. So you got the ball game going on, and, you know, the uh, the baddies, Doc, uh, Mr. Armageddon and his team are kind of winning because every time they give the ball to the computer, it automatically makes the goal. Which leads us to the rest of the movie, which I wish wasn't even in the movie. <laughs> We're not even at the end of it, folks. <laughs> no, and, and and every time you think you are, it just keeps going. Yeah. So, so Candace, Candace, and Norm decide to go to the library to find a book to learn how to reprogram computers. Because you can do that, you know, in the span of a few yeah. minutes when you're trying to save the world from Armageddon, right? And in the middle of a basketball game, which is you know small quarters of time, uh, they go to the library. And the zombie shows up with a gun. I did want to address, like, why they added a gun to the zombie. <laughs> Go ahead, because no, I'm blank. Is, I didn't have one. No, <laughs> no, I, no I, you're a zombie, dude. Why do you need a gun? <laughs> it's so stupid. And so Norm, he, the zombie, he, Norm goes after the zombie. The zombie throws him out of a window. Should be the end of Norm, but apparently he's the, you know, the person we're supposed to be rooting for in this movie. And they run into Mel, the, uh, the guy who has the bad dreams all the time and doesn't know when he's awake and when he's sleeping right 
Candace basically tells him that, you know, this isn't a dream. He's like, oh, no, you wouldn't know this because you're in my dream, but I know this because it's my dream. And I'm like, oh, that logic is flawless. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she says something again. He's like, no, he's like, this is totally my dream. And he goes up to the zombie. He's like, what do you want to do? You want to rip my head off? And he's like, or uh, maybe you want to rip my heart out through your chest. And he gives, he gives him a broken, like, beer bottle yeah. that's just randomly sitting there in this, this <laughs> school. And uh, the zombie gives him this tiny little cut on his chest and pushes him against the wall. And at this point he realizes that, Oh, I'm not dreaming. And again, this is probably meant to be funny because he's like, I'm not dreaming. Am I? And then it cuts over to Candace and she's like shaking her head. And then he's, he asks another question. I'm going to die. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, this is just, it's it's not funny. So the zombie bites him as gently as you probably could bite somebody on, on his hand. And he just dies. Yeah. Yeah. Just dies right then. Uh, then the zombie um, attacks Candace, and then Norm climbs back in and he picks up the flagpole. He stabs him with it, but then he gets uh, Candace to shoot the zombie, and he's supposed to shoot him in the head. You know how that goes. Uh, well, see, this, that's why I, I mean I don't need any proof to say that they just think about continuity or anything in this movie. But wasn't that zombie supposed to be playing basketball at that same exact time? Exactly. I think there is a scene where. Mr. Armageddon tells him to go hunt them down or whatever, because he knows they're not in there, which is ridiculous. Uh, Just as ridiculous as when they first come out of the basketball court and a guy in the crowd sits up and goes, Boo! (laughs) Mr. Armageddon just, poof! And he's gone. I'm like, why are you not using this logic more? Why are we playing a basketball game? (laughs) (laughs) It's a pride thing. Needless Um, to say, Candace and Norm... Find out how to reprogram computers, and <laughs> using 80s technology, they put this information on a floppy disk, <laughs> run back out during the basketball game, and shove the the floppy disk into the computer while they're playing basketball, and the computer starts shooting baskets for the other team. Brilliant. <laughs> That's how it works. I don't know. I've never seen it any other way, really. I'm trying to think of how this movie kind of wraps itself up. I mean, right. it just what it wraps up with is down to the last few seconds. Norm gets the basketball and he shoots, and it dances around the rim for like three oh, three minutes. Oh. That's the thing. That's the that's yep. I'll talk about that later. I mean, um, it dances around the ring longer than it takes them to drop the ring in the volcano in Lord of the Rings. Man, just, come on, go. Oh. And uh, but he makes the shot and wins the day, saves the Earth for another thousand years, and it shows Mister Armageddon asleep, and his clock is set, and it's got dates written on it. Instead of having numbers written on the clock, it just says "till next time." Like that's when he's going to wake back up. Well, and and even then, I mean, like it doesn't have to be it has to be instigated. Like he's he doesn't wake up until you know they. They steal the crate full <laughs> that has the basketball in it. It's, it's not like he had anything to do with any of that until right. they got the basketball out. Yeah. And then it <laughs> ends with Flavor Flav blowing up the basketball. <laughs> yes. That's Flavor Flav! Flavor Flav! That's, that's pretty much it, man. I just... It, it, there's not even words, really. To describe this movie, it's that bad. I would say, and this movie's hard to find. It, it was streaming on YouTube at, at one point, and um, I'm sure Sony, I don't know if it was out of embarrassment or, you know, monetization or something, but it got taken down. Um, it's it, it's just not a really 
easy to obtain movie. So I can see if you why spend money on this. If you're, <laughs> oh yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that the the um, print of this lasted very long. That's probably why it was that big. Lost for a couple dollars. It's a shame yeah. because again, Sony Sony carried it. Obviously, there was some money involved. I mean, also in other countries, RCA distributed it. I mean, uh, that that's the thing. So these people are in with the right people for these kind of movies and this thing is just it's horrendous. We came back on a we came back on a really high or low <laughs> low note. <laughs> Depending well, on how you look at it. Well, that that can drive us into our next section which is what were they thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything uh, well, for that? <laughs> I just they were <laughs> why did they make an R-rated Nickelodeon show? <laughs> that's yeah. That's very that's oh that's, um, that's pretty good actually. Uh, also, the sex. I mean, even good yep. sex comedies aren't this obsessed. This movie, like, yeah, it, it felt just way too over the top. Just, I mean, it's just yep. absolutely pointless. But nothing in this movie has a point. So, I mean, it fits right in. Um, all of the voice modulation in this is horrible. The main Mister Armageddon, his voice is so deep and distorted, not distorted, but just deep and slow that you can't understand half the stuff he says and doom and gloom sound like fred from the youtube show back in the day that fred, fred kid but um my biggest what were they thinking moment was that three or four minute basketball gag oh. that rim gag i sat there and i was like this has got to end this has got to stop i can't i can't this this can't be funny to anybody it's it just, and it's the same footage over and over and over. It's almost like in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you know, where you see the guy running up to the castle. It takes him forever yeah. to get there, but he just keeps repeating the same. You know, it's like that kind of humor is what they're going for, but they totally but they don't understand humor. Totally missed it. <laughs> it's just pathetic, man. Uh, yeah, my first thing was the point of the nudity. Uh, again, it it just it seems so out of place because. Like you said, the jokes in this thing feels like something for a third grader. And then you got this, some pretty massive nudity in this thing, man. Especially there's one where oh yeah, uh, uh, Monster in Charge is sitting there in the chair and the girl's just going away on him. And he's like, calm down, baby, I'm trying to watch this or whatever. It's like, what? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. What were they thinking? Monster in charge? Just, I mean, that whole concept. <laughs> and and so, so it's a monster in charge of aliens who are in charge of the person in charge of Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's, I don't know. I feel like that tier, that level of tears, doesn't really work. <laughs> but I, I feel like they, you know, again, I, we're putting way more thought into this than they ever did. Well, again, and my last one. What were they thinking? Is basketball game? <laughs> Is this really what you want this to come down to? Is saving the earth by a basketball game? I mean, are we on High School Musical now, or what's the deal here? Well, well, with with them wiping out cheerleaders and uh, you know playing basketball against these kids and stuff, it it is almost like a rival team kind of movie. It's not like you know the apocalypse is upon us. It's like they tried to make this movie for high school kids. But you really can't because of the other things you put into it. It's just so strange and so 
not good. All right, you got any more? What were they thinking? No, none. I mean, <laughs> there were probably I, I probably could have had a ton more, but those were the ones that just stood out to me. Man, okay, um, I got uh, good lessons from bad movies. Did you pick up any good lessons from this thing? Oh, I did. I learned all about lobotomies from filmmakers who've actually had them done to them themselves. <laughs> you can learn about lobotomies while you're watching a movie by a lobotomized film crew. And uh, um, and the only other thing is uh, good, good, good to know. Based on every other zombie, you know, book, show, all the lore out there, that all it takes is a bite to the hand, you're, you're dead instantly. Right. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. I said, never trust a horny statue. And probably the best lesson I learned from this is to never watch Monster High. <laughs> Ever. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, people have to be a real glutton for punishment to seek this out. Um, yeah. Which is, it's really weird because, I mean, uh, I don't know why. I, I mean, when I saw this the first time, I knew it was bad. But I didn't realize until this viewing how bad it actually was. I mean, I had messaged you during this and I said, and I asked you, uh, what's the lowest rating on the show? Is the back of the bus? <laughs> I'm just, I'm asking for a asking friend. For a friend. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, this movie, I mean, yeah, there was, I don't think it got a single chuckle out of me. Not one. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, man. Well, you remember we did a show with, uh, the cinema beef. And they were doing the the two comedy parody movies, and that one that we covered there that uh, Tra- Transylvania Twist. Twist, yeah. I yeah. mean that thing was bad, but it wasn't this bad. <laughs> no, no, that one had some redeeming qualities. I I think one or two. That's about it. Yeah, but uh, this thing um, is just is just unreal. Uh, my uh, okay. Other thing we got uh, upgrades. <laughs> How would you upgrade this movie? <laughs> Any other narrator at all. <laughs> She's pathetic, man. <laughs> or, I mean, that's that's pretty bad, too. That's telling in itself that the movie was so convoluted and bad that they had to have someone tell you what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's not, like, it's, it's not like a good movie where, you know, Morgan Freeman or, or you know, <laughs> Laura Dern or somebody narrates the story. They, they had to hire this person because they're like, okay, guys, we don't know what the hell's happening in this movie. <laughs> So we need somebody to explain this to at least the people at Sony so they, they distribute this. Um, uh, any kind of story structure would have been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Mine pretty and much, come, the, I just come down to one sentence. It just says, clean the slate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have one upgrade that I don't think I've ever said, and I don't know if I'd ever say it again on a movie, but I think this movie could have used less of a budget. Yeah. Because... I feel like the, I feel like even though some of the effects were pretty terrible and stuff, I feel like they still had more money than they should have had to work with. Yeah, because they just had way too much free reign. Yep. I think if you put like and, re- if you put really bad actresses or actors in this movie, it might have made it a bit more enjoyable somehow. Because these are, uh, you know, th- again they're trying to do their best with what they got. But if you took a bunch of college kids that never acted before and threw them in this movie, it might have a weird, you know, charm to it. But, man, it's it's just... I don't know. I'm just grasping for straws here. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to get out from under the water. <laughs> 
Well, and, and that's the thing is that we do a lot of these movies on the show that, yeah, yeah they're they're considered terrible or they're considered bad B movies, schlocky, campy. Um, we usually take away some something redeeming from some of these movies. I mean, you look at stuff like Party Animal or you look at right. um, was it Blood Salvage. Yeah, yeah we, these, these movies we do. I mean, you could come away from them and be like, oh, and that was funny. And they, you know, they thought about this and they did this. But now this movie. This is definitely for me. I, I'm going to sit this right on the back of the bus. This oh, is the too. this is the worst thing we've done on the show. This thing should be put under the back wheel of the bus and ran over a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not good. When Samurai Cop makes your movie look like a piece of crap, <laughs> dude. I would kill to watch Samurai Cop instead of this. <laughs> I totally agree, man. Totally agree. <laughs> Yeah, this is a uh, this is a whole different level of bad, and that's why I encourage everybody out there to send in suggestions and things like that because um, yeah, it's weird because when you talk to people about about bad movies, they everybody has their own interpretation of what's terrible and what's bad. Then you come across this, and you're like, okay, yeah. well, that just that's a waste. There is nothing in this movie except maybe. Whoa! What'd you do to those peas? <laughs> <laughs> Monterino! It sounds like they should hang out. <laughs> Monterino! You're gonna die! Whoa, what'd you do to those peas? <laughs> that flows so perfectly. Let's see if we that can make it. awesome. Let's see if we can make it work here. Uh... Monterino! Whoa, what'd you do to those peas? <laughs> <laughs> That is that is too much. That's awesome. <laughs> so so there is there's that one redeeming thing from this movie is you got a good you got a good audio sample there. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of. Grief. And it was from a it was from a character that had yeah <laughs> a character that has you know maybe what three lines in the entire movie. Yeah yeah your typical stoner that when he gets lost he just sits down in the hallway and starts meditating and I mean it's just all the tropes are just the. Oh. It's just terrible. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll tell you what. Let's gather our thoughts. We're going to take a little short break, and we'll be right back, peoples. <laughs> My life fades, the vision dims, all that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, wasted land, but most of all, I remember the podcasts, the man we called Witch. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time. A time when the doomsday clock ticked ever closer to Armageddon. You can still find The Witch versus the Doomsday Clock podcast by searching for WYCH on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Memories may decline, but movies live forever.
folks, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys are okay. I hope you haven't jumped off a cliff <laughs> while listening to this episode. If you're brave enough, you can possibly find this movie. If you can't find this movie, let me know, because I happen to have a copy on hand that I'd be glad to pass on. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the kind of movie, this is the kind of thing you want to spread. Yeah. <laughs> you at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> oh, um, man. But other than that, we may have found, you know, the goal that we've been looking for here, but we're not going to give up, man. We're going to keep searching. Uh, it's been a whole lot of fun getting back with, with Johnny here, man. It's, 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 oh, totally. it's good to get to talk to you again, man. And I know we've been staying in touch, and we're pretty good pals outside of here, but to kind of get back to, to kind of what we kind of do great together, it's been a blast, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, you know, it's my own fault for picking something that's not as, like, <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of, like, funny stuff about, uh, yeah, this movie. I should have, we should have probably picked something that wasn't so, uh, oh, that's a turd-tastic. Okay. We got, we got plenty <laughs> of opportunities coming. Matter of fact, uh, I've kind of kicked around the idea of maybe next episode of us doing the Apple. So you, you still kind of up for that one? I think that, I, yeah, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, totally. Oh, man, that's. I would like to talk about that. That movie is bizarre in itself, but it's got a lot. It's got a lot going on. <laughs> it sure does, man. So, but yeah, folks, if you want to let us know if you've seen this movie, if you've seen if you've seen Monster High, and you want to share your love <laughs> of this movie, uh, gladly, you know, just come on the Facebook page or PM one of us and just say, "Hey, I happen to love that movie," and we'll say. Yeah, dude, uh, you got problems. <laughs> uh, but if you have any comments or if you have any movie requests you want us to do, hey, share them with us. We'll be glad to try to tackle them for you. Let me just read you, before we go, let me read you a few of these IMDb um, titles of, of the reviews. Um, greatest B-movie of all time, period. That's a, that, They gave it a 10-star there. That's uh, insane. Uh, this this one's a one star. It says the worst film I have ever seen. I have seen a lot of bad films, but I tend to find some points of amusement or enjoyment in most of them. However, this is not the case. <laughs> Very true. Uh, this one's a ten star. Great offbeat eighties flick. This one says high is right, so I guess they're saying yeah, you'll enjoy this movie a lot more if you're stoned out of your gourd. But I I would have to disagree with that. I don't <laughs> think that's possible. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just all over the place, man. So, I'm, I'm. I hate to say it. I'm glad we're back, but I'm glad we're through this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all I got. All right. Well, cool, man. Uh, I tell you what. Like I said, if you've got any comments or anything, please let us know. And uh, we will see you again next episode, folks. So, thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you later. Peace. Peace.